What has he created me to do? And these are, you know, three simple questions, but I think they're questions that you can answer or try to answer over your entire life. These questions of who is God? And really, what is, what can we learn about God from the scriptures? What can we learn about God through creation? What can we, what can we pick up from who God is? And, and really, what our, our tagline for our church is to know God, to love one another, and to make disciples. And we really picked know God because we, we could have said love God and love each other. That's what Jesus said. But Jesus also said that, he will, that he'll know us by our love for him, by our knowledge of him, by knowing him. And so we challenge um, each other and ourselves all the time to really know God relationally. And then what does he have to say about me? What, is, what does God say about me? What, what is his perspective on me? What is his belief about me? Uh, I know you guys have been looking at um, a, a couple of those questions like that, like beliefs about, about ourselves and, and who God says about us. And then thirdly, um, what has he created me to do? And, you know, for a 17, 18-year-old coming out of high school, they're, they're kind of thinking, you know, what job do I apply for? Or what do I keep studying? Or how am I supposed to even answer that question, that, that daunting question of what's next? I still feel 20-some years later after high school, what's next? <laughs> what, is, what has God created me to do? But it's not just what has he created me to do, what career or what job or, or what I'm going to do over the next 20 years, but really, what has he created me to do today? What has he created me to do when I'm walking down the street? What has he created me to do when I'm sitting at a table with somebody? To be always asking that question, you know, God, what, what do you want me to do? And then, with all of these, is, is listening, saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And trusting, he's going to. I believe that if you center yourself in prayer and you ask God, God, what do you want to say to me? I believe he'll, he'll speak to you. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say to that person? You see somebody on the street, or you see somebody that you, you see all the time at the store that you're at, or, or in a situation, or your parent, or anybody. God, what would you like to say to that person? God will answer. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is, okay, I'm going to add some of my own words to that. I'm going to say that. And that, that's what we really want to challenge each other So if you're if you're here this morning, if you're when coming in here, you probably believe that the Bible, that Jesus has something to say about these questions. That the Bible, the scriptures, that God has something to say, whether whether this is your first time here or whether you've been coming for a while, you probably want to look at the Bible a little bit. So we're going to open up the Bible, and I want to open up right to the very beginning, Genesis chapter one. And when we when we're asking the question, who is God? Well, he starts pretty quickly. We get to learn about God from the very first verse, the very first part of the scriptures. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We're probably familiar with that passage. That he is our creator, that he is our definer, that he is the one who, who, who set this all in motion, that he has something to say. And then I want to jump down to verse 26. Verse 26 says, then God said... Uh, that's not the right one. Verse 26, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Have you ever read that or heard that and thought, what's the us about? God said, let us. That somehow, and I don't fully, I don't think I fully grasp this, 
But in the scriptures, over and over and over again, we see God described in some kind of plurality, some kind of relationship. And that might you might be totally familiar with that. A lot of the churches over the centuries have called that the, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But from the very first page, we see this us. And for me, for me, what that really speaks to me is that God, as God is in relationship somehow, that we were created in His image and likeness. I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit to be in relationship. That we function best in relationship. We function best reflecting that. In in Mark, actually in, in Genesis, one of my another one of my favorite passages in Genesis um, chapter 18, Abraham um, has this experience where these three come to him. It says the Lord appeared to Abraham, and three walked toward him, and then he addressed them as God, and he made a meal for them and ate with them. And we see this three, and then later on in uh, Mark chapter one, when Jesus is beginning his ministry. He goes down to John the Baptist and he goes into the waters and he's going to be baptized by John the Baptist. And it says that the heavens open and the God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. I love this picture because we get this, this picture, this image that I like images, I like pictures to like kind of remind me. I see somehow, whatever that looks like, a voice coming from heaven, Jesus in the water and the Holy Spirit descending on him. And we see this relational, this love, this affirmation that the Bible says about God. In the life and teachings of Jesus, in John chapter 14, verse 9, it's going to be on the screen. Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. That if we trust the words of Jesus, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen God. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, the author of Hebrews says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Jesus, who he is, he is, he is consistent. In Colossians chapter 1, the next one there, says Christ, this is Paul speaking, writing to a church in the city of Colossae. He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. And then finally, a couple, couple of verses later, Colossians chapter 2, it says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in, he, in the human body. And what I, what I pick up from these four scriptures, which I just read quickly through, is that in Jesus, we see God. He is God. But we, we understand him. We see him with flesh and blood. We see him interacting. We see his compassion. We see him shedding tears. We see him healing people. We see him being moved by people suffering. And I, I love this, this thought because it's a big book, this Bible. It takes a lifetime to just to dive in and, and to try to understand there. But what I, what I like to do with these scriptures, what I like to teach people, is that get to know Jesus. And then when you're reading everything else, you read through the lens of Jesus. Because Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen God. You've seen well, from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation 22. I'm going to show you what God is like. And sometimes you're just trying to understand what God is like, but we see him through the lens of Jesus. And I believe Jesus is one of the most attractional people on the planet. And that we want people to experience God. We want people to experience Jesus through us, through this church, through our relationships with each other. We come to know this person, this Jesus, this God with skin.
And so that first question, who is God, we kind of let, let Jesus define what God is like. Let Scripture define what God is like. The second question that I, that I ask my students, what does he have to say about me? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So what does what this say about us? This says that we are created to be like God. We are created in his image, in his likeness. That God created us to reflect him. That, that every human being on the planet... Every single one was created in the image and likeness of God. Now, has that been your experience? <laughs> has every human being reflected God's image to you? Have you reflected God's image to every human being on the planet? Probably not. <laughs> At least in my experience. I'll speak for me. I don't always reflect God very perfectly. You can ask my wife and my kids and my team. <laughs> but what the Bible tells me is that we all were created in God's image and likeness. And that we are inherently valuable. Mm -hmm. This is a challenge to me, that to see every person, and some people make it harder than others. (laughs) The news makes it harder (laughs) when just to hear all the negativity and hear the words that are spoken and hear the fighting and the bickering and and just even, even the relational dynamics that we have wherever we go that we don't always reflect God, but I, I'm challenged constantly to see that, that as a, um, John Lewis, Representative John Lewis in Congress, is he still alive? I think he's, I'm not sure. He was, he's been the representative in Congress forever. I'm getting a nod. Yes, he's still alive. I, I, re- I read a book, I, not that he should be dead. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> I, re- I read a book that he wrote uh, recently. He's a representative, I believe, from Mississippi, one of the southern states. And he talks about the divine spark in every person. I'd never heard that phrase before, the divine spark in every person, but I believe that's what Genesis is saying, that there is a divine spark. There is a divine DNA. There is a divine... God, his DNA, his image and likeness is in every person. And we we can see it, we can find it, we can experience it, we can pull it out of people. Sorry. There is inherent value in every person. I'm going to go through a couple passages in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. This will be on the screen. Maybe. There you go. This is, I'm kind of picking up in the middle of the passage. Speaking about God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. God's desire is that everyone can know his love. Every single person on the planet. 2 Peter 3.9 says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. He's made promises and we have this seeming delay. We're like, well, when when are we going to see fulfillment? As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. Because he doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. John 3.16 
kind of a familiar one. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And so my, my challenge to you is, will you let the Bible define you? Will you let the Bible define every person that you come across? And, and here's the thing, with when we're looking at God and talking about this relational, this trinity, this, this plurality of God, that together we reflect God best. That I believe, even as, as in, the, in the beginning in Genesis 1 and 2, when, when God looked at Adam and, and he said, there's something missing, that Adam needed somebody beside him. He needed Eve. And how we need each other. The humanity that I don't reflect God perfectly. I, I think I reflect Him a little bit. <laughs> but I know that with my wife and with my kids and with the people that I surround myself, that together we, we want to reflect God. That together, in relationship, we can reflect God. That this church, together, serving this community, that reaching out, giving a cup of cold water, a, a soup, a turkey at Thanksgiving, that doing that together... People see, I believe, the Bible tells us that people see Jesus through us. That they see his, his divinity in us and through us. When we relate well together, when we love each other, when we fight, I don't, I don't think we show God very well. Uh, I, 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 I dislike this thought, but Google says that 30, there are 33,000 denominations 33,000 different sections of church. We found 33,000 ways to divide ourselves. That does not reflect God very well. <laughs> when we walk together, when we affirm each other, when we love each other, that reflects God. Mm-hmm. So question number three. What has God created me to do? I want to go back to Genesis chapter 1. Just been finishing up this morning. And read it again. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish and the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. What was the blessing that God put over man? Get to work. <laughs> Rule, reign, fill the earth, subdue it, take care of my creation, plant things, build things, build infrastructure, build roads, design stuff. The Bible begins in a garden, and it ends in, John, in John's revelation in a garden city, in a new creation, a new heavens, a new earth, because between here and there, we've messed it up. <laughs> we, we, we've messed it up. And so this third question, what has God created me to do? And this idea from Genesis chapter 1 of, of ruling and reigning and filling the earth, it's I, it's, for me, it's, it's very simple. How will I rule and reign? The Bible and, and these, these reigning, when, I, when, 
when you think of, of, of reigning, you think of a king, or you think of a kingdom. Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom. He went on extending the kingdom. He talked all the time about the kingdom. He didn't talk about how to get to heaven, although that was in there. And he, he talks about what's, what's going to happen. He talks about forgiveness, but he talks about us understanding what it's like to be a part of his reign, that what creation would look like, what the world would look like, what Baltimore would look like if God was reigning over Baltimore, if we acknowledge that God is reigning over Baltimore, because he is. But if we come under that, and then wherever we go, how are we going to rule? How are we going to reign? Now, sometimes I feel like the only thing that I reign on is my chair in my living room, and that's all i got control over. <laughs> but how am I going to love my wife? How am I going to reign in my home? How are my kids going to experience God through me? How, how will I reign? How will I rule? How will I extend the kingdom when I'm just going about my daily life, when I'm working, when, I, when I'm mowing the lawn, when I'm, when I'm just going about and doing all that he has created me to do? How am I going to reign? How am I going to rule? What has he created me to do? When, when we leave today in a, in a few minutes and, and, we, and we greet each other and we go find something to eat and we get ready for, for whatever's going to happen this week, just asking that question, what, God, what have you created me to do? How can I be a little bit better toward those around me? How can I show your love? What, what word of encouragement can I bring to someone? I challenge you just to ask that, pause, and listen. I guarantee you God will tell you something. And, and be an encouragement. Be a, be a light. Be, be shining. In your struggles... In your daily growing, because this life has struggles, doesn't it? My, my father-in-law um, is diagnosed with, with cancer last year, uh, colon cancer, and it came on extremely fast. And they cut a huge section out of, his, out of his colon and trying to address the cancer. And you know, It's a struggle to watch somebody that's so strong now to be so weak. And when I ask him, you know, what, what's, what's your prayer? And I, I believe that God wants to and, and does heal and can definitely heal him. So, but I wanted to, I wanted to ask my father-in-law, what, what's, what's your prayer? How, how can I pray? And he just, he says, I want my grandkids to know the God that I know. That whatever happens in my body, I want them to know the God that I know. That's my prayer. That through us, through our actions, through our struggles, that we can know God and that we can show other people what He is like. Thanks, Ben. Let's pray. Thank you, Pastor Justin. Lord, I ask that you would indeed lead us to repentance through your kindness. When you're always so gentle with us, I ask that you would help us to understand who you are and to see ourselves in light of that truth. 
Lord, help us to find in you security, identity, a sense of belonging. That today, what would ring true is that sense of identity and purpose. Help us to shift from distraction and frustration to asking the right questions. To drawing closer to you, to receiving your love and your purpose for our life. That in you we would find miracle peace and purpose. That in this broken world we would be walking according to your purpose, in alignment with you, because we know when that happens, we will see miracles and we will see the fruit that comes, because you, O God, are doing the heavy lifting. We thank you, God, for who you are, for all that you have done today. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. I'm really thankful for Pastor Justin Cardinal from New Testament Church and the team. Uh, some of you were with us uh, yesterday. Uh, they were in here working hard, painting, um, doing uh, painting downstairs in the fellowship hall and uh, throughout uh, the level, uh, the the layer. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout downstairs, uh, black and white, uh, touching up a lot of those areas, really big help. Um, Josh also uh, helped us in uh, moving Jen, got into a new place yesterday. Really thankful for, for that. You may, you may not know, but Josh is actually Michelle Madison's brother. Um, and so um, the Madison kids really happy uh, to have uh, him here today. Uh, we're really thankful for their help. I'm, I'm thankful for Dorothy, for Brian, for Chris, for Wavewright family, all those that, that came uh, to also participate uh, with that effort yesterday. Thank you. Gideon, still showing the paint there today. It was good, good work, good effort. Uh, piece by piece, step by step, we are improving uh, this space. And uh, we're thankful for it and the opportunity. I heard the ladies had, the moms had a great brunch. Um, yesterday morning as well. Really glad that you could have uh, that time and Angela for sharing with the moms. Hey, listen, if you've not yet received a freedom book from me, uh, please come see me after service right there. I want to give one to you, uh, regardless of if you are able to make our Thursday night uh, life groups or not. I want to invite you to, to jump in to this study. I'm happy to email you the PDF form of it as well. Jump in with us, fellowship, participate with it. I really believe it's going to change your life. If you will jump in, all in, it's going to change your life. And uh, regardless of if you're making the Thursday nights or, or not, I would like to register you for the mini conference May 15th and 16th, the Friday night and Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a time of worship, very specific guided prayer uh, for the culmination of this uh, freedom study and eight 15-minute teachings. I, I truly believe, I rarely say this, I don't say it carelessly, I believe it's going to change your life. Thank you so much for coming today. I want to remind you that downstairs, out this uh, doorway and downstairs, there's something to eat or drink. Why don't we stand, greet somebody, say you look good, it's good to be together today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.